What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we got to discuss the good and the bad from the D-backs victory over the Nationals. Are Corbin Carroll and Zach Allen still tracking for end-of-season awards? And the best D-backs bets to place on FanDuel, all on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Now, Let's get into the podcast and let's discuss that D-backs victory over the Nationals because with that D-backs win, they technically sweep the Washington Nationals. It just happens to be two weeks later because if you remember, the D-backs had a little series against the Nationals a couple weeks ago to start June, but unfortunately with the Canadian wildfires, the game was postponed. The D-backs made it up today. I guess yesterday at the time of you guys listening to this podcast was supposed to be the D-backs off day as they traveled to San Fran. D-backs end up playing baseball. They do this little show and go style where they shorten their pregame activities. Basically, to sum it up, the D-backs were like, we're just going out there and we're playing ball today. We're not going to practice. We're not doing BP. We don't need none of that. We're not warming up. We're getting off the plane. We're going to the field and we're playing some baseball. And the D-backs did that and they looked Pretty darn good doing it too. So let's get into some positives and takeaways from this game because I got four positive takeaways and one negative takeaway that I want to hit on. And we'll first start with the positivity. Number one, Tommy Henry was electric. We always do podcasts after games when the Tommy Henrys or the Ryan Nelson struggle and we say D-backs need to trade for more starting pitching depth. D-backs need to add another rotation starter or D-backs need to shake up the rotation. And that's a lot of those points are still true, but a performance like the today reminds you that if the D-backs get decent starts out the Henrys, the Nelsons, the Fats, the Davies, the whoever's, that's where the D, this D-backs team can really thrive, prosper, and go far in baseball just because this rotation after Gal and Kelly have been so inconsistent. And Tommy Henry today showed you the, the ceiling he can hit. And Tommy Henry is not someone that I think has a super high ceiling, but in this game against the Nationals, one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball, Tommy Henry can hold his own. Now, maybe if it's the Houston Astros or the Dodgers, he struggles a little bit more, but against the Nationals, Tommy Henry, 6.2 innings pitch, did give up seven hits, but one hit went for a home run. That was the only run scored by the Nationals. Five strikeouts. Like, this was a really good Tommy Henry day. 90-plus pitches thrown, lowered his ear rate to 4-3-1, like, 
We always talk about D-backs not having enough starting rotation depth. That still holds true, but it's nice to see when guys like Tommy Henry can go out there and have a nice start. Tommy Henry is still of the Ryan Nelson, the Fox, and the Dre Jamisons. Tommy Henry has looked the best this season and come in into the year, even before the preseason, I would have ranked like Dre Jamison and Ryan Nelson 1A, 1B, Fat number two, and then Tommy Henry number three. And after preseason, I was like, Tommy Henry's probably pitching the best of those four, either him or Dre Jamison, you know. And then once you got to the regular season, Tommy Henry has been the best youngster of those four pitchers. So good to see him have another quality start against his Washington Nationals team. Um, the second positive takeaway Ketel Marte is completely locked in right now at the plate. I, if you look at Ketel Marte's recent hot streak in his last 16 games, he's 19 for 58, batting 328 with four home runs and 40 R- and 14 RBIs. Like that's the biggest thing for Ketel Marte when you're looking at his recent hot streak is the power that he's displaying. Another home run in this game against the Nationals. He now has as many home runs as he had. All of last season, which is just crazy to think about. Ketel Marte hit his 12th home run in this game. Last season, he had 12 home runs in 558 plate appearances, 492 at-bats. Like Ketel Marte has already matched last season's total in like half the time. So this might be the Ketel Marte that we're getting right now. We might be getting 2021, 2019 Ketel Marte. I think on the pod yesterday, I said it was 2018 Ketel Marte. No, 2019 Ketel Marte, fourth in MVP voting, a near 1,000 OPS, a 330 average, 30-plus home runs, double-digit steals, 90-plus ribbies. Like, that dude was a superstar, best second baseball in 2019. 2021, he was a stud once again, but he only played 90 games. But in those 90 games, 14 home runs, a 320 average, over 900 OPS, so in the odd years, Ketel Marte always seems to be better. That's kind of been the trend with him. 19 elite, 20 really down season, of course, shortened season. 2021, back to being elite, just only could play 90 games. Last season, we know, very bad Ketel Marte. Then this year, he's bounced back. After this game against the Nats, Marte's slash line is now 289, 367, 500. After going one for five with three RBIs, Ketel Marte is completely locked in and having him back and thriving in this offense just feels really good as a D-backs fan. My third takeaway, the D-backs all-star finalists were putting in work because Corbin Carroll, he had a couple runs scored. He was able with that first inning, the center fielder for the Nationals bobbled it just slightly and Corbin Carroll is able to go from first to home on a single also clocked in at 30 plus feet per second on a stolen base which was his 22nd of the year Lords Gurriel was one of the people that um was a big reason why Corbin Carroll was able to score one of those runs he had two hits in this game both of those guys are finalists for the all-star game I think Corbin Carroll's a lock Lords Gurriel, if he makes it, I'd be super happy for him. It would be his first appearance in an all-star game, and he's he's deserving. After this Nats game, his slash line is 280, 331, and 500. So Carroll's arguably the MVP, and we'll talk about that later. Gurriel's having a fantastic season, and he deserves to be an all-star. And then the fourth positive thing that I want to talk about is Scott McGuff is the man. Once again, gets the two-out save, one strikeout. Able to clean up the mess of Joe Mantiply because Mantiply is the negative I want to talk about. He just hasn't looked good this season. He's given up a lot of hard contact. And I think since the injury, he just hasn't looked right. And I keep forgetting he's in this bullpen because I feel like we don't see him enough in high leverage or serious situations. But uh, Tori Lavello tried to get him to close out today's game. And instead, you had to bring in 
Scott McGuff to do the job that Mantiply couldn't do. So if Mantiply can get back on track and get back to pitching good, that would only strengthen this D-backs bullpen, and they really need him because you can never have too many good relievers. Scott McGuff, though, looking like the closer, um, maybe for the D-backs right now, once again, another good outing. I wouldn't mind seeing it. And before we wrap up segment number one, we just have to hit on, we can't talk about this game without talking about the most funny and hilarious moment in this game. Davey Martinez going out there and just putting on a show. It felt like I was watching two actors. Like at, at a certain point, I was like, is this stage, is this real? Because Davey Martinez was going crazy out there. And I think the umpire was also just frustrated because even before he threw out Davey Martinez, he told the D-backs dugout, hey, there's not a lot of people here and whatever whatever you guys say I can hear it from home plate so I think the umpire was already on edge and listen when he called out CJ Abrams on strike three it was a bad call because that thing was five inches off the plate but when he called ball when he gave Tommy Henry a ball for the same pitch that was an accurate pitch so I understand Davies I understand Martinez being upset because our guy got the strike while their guy got a ball called I understand why he's upset about that, but it was the correct call at least the second time by the umpire, so he did get it right the second time, but once Davey Martinez got thrown out, I mean, he started army crawling on the floor, he started wiping off the base with whatever scorecard he had in his back pocket, like Davey Martinez was in full actor mode, like he was trying to win an Oscar for best drama like I didn't know what Davey Martinez was doing but I was so glad he was doing it because I love managers getting ejected I think it's really fun I don't know if I love my manager getting ejected because I think I'd rather just have my manager manage the game considering that's his job but other managers guys like Davey Martinez putting on a show like that hilarious and I wish more managers brought that kind of attitude now I want to talk about how Carson Kelly, not Carson Kelly, Corbin Carroll and Zach Allen are trending for end of season awards. But before we get there, I first want to talk to you guys about FanDuel. Let me get my little live ad read because baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book because new customers right now get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to join today so don't miss your chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join fanduel today just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up i love playing fanduel one of my favorite things to do is those same game parlays when the d-backs are about to play and zach allen's on the mound best believe i'm doing zach allen five strikeouts Corbin Carroll double and probably like a Christian Walker or Ketel Marte RBI, just something to spice up my winnings just a little bit. So go to FanDuel, official official partner of Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Series XM app and search up Diamondbacks. Now let's get back into the podcast and discuss if Corbin Carroll and Zach Allen are still trending for some end of season awards because Corbin Carroll is in the running for MVP and Zach Allen is in the running for Cy Young. And let's first start with Corbin Carroll because 
Remember when we first had this conversation? It was probably three weeks, a month ago now. And I was like, Corbin Carroll's like 25th in MVP voting. And he's having a really good season. He was like plus 20,000 to win the MVP. Like, you could have won. If he does win the MVP, you could you could potentially win so much money if you put a couple sprinkles down on that plus 20,000. I think I got in at plus like 12,000 or something like that. Like I got in, I think I put five bucks down to win like a few hundred dollars. So I got in on pretty good money. And if you check FanDuel right now, Corbin Carroll, um, it's not too easy to get the same return on that value because Corbin Carroll, as it currently sits, is second to just Ronald Acuna when it comes to MVP. Like if you can believe that, Acuna is minus 115. He's the favorite. And then after that, Carroll plus 500, Freddie Freeman plus 650, and that's a big drop off after that. So Corbin Carroll is sitting pretty right now for the MVP. And if you look at Corbin Carroll statistically, like he's tracking with the rest of his compadres in the National League. Look at WRC plus Corbin Carroll right now is fourth, but Freddie Freeman is number one at 158. Corbin Carroll is fourth at 156. He's right there. If you go to Fangraph's War, he's tied with Ronald Acuna for most in National League. He has a slight lead in slugging percentage, I still think, um, in the National League as a leader. OPS, slight lead there as well. He's second in stolen bases. Would like to see a few more catch up to Ronald Acuna there. But basically, in every major statistical offensive category, like eh, stolen bases, OPS, slugging, war wrc plus corbin carroll's basically top two top three in all of them he's got a 16 plus home runs like this guy's got a bunch of rbis and he's on pace to have like a 35 45 type of season like corbin carroll if he finishes with 35 plus stolen bases around 45 home runs or i think it's 35 home runs 45 plus stolen bases if that happens for corbin carroll like i would not be surprised at all if he wins the mvp it just depends if Acuna is going to have 35 home runs and 60 stolen bases. So that's why I think stolen base could potentially be the main category that determines these two because I think run scored, RBIs, war, WRC plus, defense, like eye test. I think most of those metrics are going to be neck and neck. Stolen bases might be the metric that turns the tide for Ronald Acuna. So as it currently stands, Corbin Carroll is tracking to potentially win the MVP. Like we said before, there's only two other players that have won Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same season. That's Ichiro Suzuki and Fred Lynn. Like, if you're looking at Rookie of the Year, let me pull that up real quick. Like, it's not it's not even close right now. Like, American League, Josh Jung is plus 175. Yoshida of the Red Sox is plus 250. Gunnar Henderson is plus 500. Like, that's a real race in the American League. You go to the National League. Third place is Francisco Alvarez at plus 5,000. Second place is Ella De La Cruz, who's played like a handful of games. He's second at plus 950. And then number one, Corbin Carroll, minus 500 to win Rookie of the Year. So that's all but locked up. Like, seriously, if Corbin Carroll, I'd, I'm going to knock on wood before I say it. My desk is made out of wood for anyone listening. If Corbin Carroll somehow got season-ending injury tomorrow, He's still probably a lock to win rookie of the year. Like, even if the season ended today, his slash line is like 300, average 900, uh, like a 950 OPS, 16 home runs, 20 plus stolen bases. Like, that right there is probably good enough to win rookie of the year. So, Corbin Carroll is definitely tracking for his end of season award to potentially win the MVP. And then, Zach Allen, who is currently the favorite on FanDuel to win the Cy Young Award, with Clayton Kershaw second, if you could believe that. Like, Zach Allen also. He's plus 190 right now. 
Kershaw's plus 450. Zach Gallon, or excuse me, Zach Wheeler plus 700. But Zach Gallon right now, look at those National League pitching stats. Like he's also tracking. He's just a hair behind Marcus Stroman to lead the National League in innings pitch. Like Stroman's at 98.2. Zach Gallon's at 98.1. Like he's literally right there. He's tied for the most wins in the National League, which I know really doesn't mean that much, but I still like to throw it out there. He's third in strikeouts in the National League. I don't think he's going to catch Spencer Strider, but being third is pretty nice. He leads the NL in FIP. He's near the top in WHIP, top four in WHIP as well. He's top one. He leads the NL in home runs per nine. Like this guy, strikeouts, ERA, he's also top four as well. So he's basically top four or better in ERA, wins, innings pitch, strikeout, WHIP, FIP, Home runs per nine, like Zach Allen has been stupid elite walks per nine. Like Zach Allen has been stupid elite this year, and it's the reason why he's the favorite right now. Despite Zach Allen being terrible on the road this year, being absolutely dominant at home, it does not matter when his numbers, when he finishes the year and the numbers are the numbers and he has the best numbers of all starting pitchers, I don't think you're going to care that those numbers are kind of inflated by being elite on the home because at the end of the day, you're just going to look at a slash line and you're going to be like, you know what? Zach Allen had the best season. And if the D-backs can at least get two of those awards with the Rookie of the Year and the Cy Young, I'd be very happy. But I want to go for the trifecta. I want Rookie of the Year and MVP for Corbin Carroll just because that would basically cement him as an all-timer or a guy at least on pace to be an all-timer. I mean, there's a whole bunch of graphics I've seen recently where compares Corbin Carroll to the first 100 games of Mike Trout or someone like that. But if Corbin Carroll wins an MVP in his rookie season, that changes the entire dynamic and trajectory of his whole career, of the expectations we should have for him. And also, you would just look at that contract they got before the season, and you're like, you gave an MVP like $14, 15000000 million a year. Yeah, might end up being the best bargain in all of baseball. Zach Allen, would love to see him win a Cy Young. He's been flirting with it. He's had moments, but he hasn't had that dominant season. Or there's just been someone. He's had dominant seasons. Like last year was dominant for him. But there was still someone that was even more dominant. Zach Allen, I don't even think is pitching as well as he did last year. But there's no Sandy Alcantara this year in the National League. So Zach Allen's looking very pretty to win a Cy Young award. And then Tori Lovello potentially could win the NL Manager of the Year. I don't even think they have that. Uh, I don't even think that's up right now on FanDuel. FanDuel doesn't care who wins manager of the year, but the D-backs potentially could go for the quad quad fecta. I don't even know. Could go for the quad award. Manager, rookie, MVP, Cy Young. Love to see it. D-backs, let's get it done. And before we wrap up today, I also want to just talk about the best D-backs, the best D-backs bets to place on FanDuel. But before we get there, I first want to say, don't forget, you can, you can catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the SiriusXM app and search up Diamondbacks. Now let's get back into the podcast. And discuss the best D-backs bets to place on FanDuel because I found some fun ones. We just discussed the MVP, the Cy Young. Um, I don't know how fun those bets are. Like, you're not going to do minus 500 for Corbin Carroll. I don't even think plus 190 for Zach Allen is great value. 
I don't think I'll do that one right now. They do have a fun little parlay. Carroll to win NL Rookie of the Year. Zach Allen to win Cy Young plus 240. But I don't even think I want to do that one either. Here are some more fun ones that you guys can do. World Series. If you guys remember when we talked about the D-backs World Series last year, not last year, like a month ago, they were getting so disrespected in these World Series odds. I think they were like plus 7,500, like plus 8,000. D-backs have moved up dramatically. They are now 169. They are now 12th in FanDuel potential odds to win the World Series. They're still behind teams like the Minnesota Twins, the San Diego Padres, the Philadelphia Phillies team that are not good right now. But the D-backs being plus 3,200, I do think that's still good value considering they're behind teams like the Twins and the Giants still. So in terms of value, at least, the Giants are plus 3,000. They're behind the D-backs in the standing. So I think it's still smart to put a little money down on the D-backs plus 3,200 to win the World Series. Like, I don't see how the Giants can win the World Series over the D-backs, at least as it currently stacks up. How about to win the National League? The Braves are plus 170. The Dodgers are plus 220. The D-backs are actually third on this list, but at plus 1,200, and I just think that's good value. You could do maybe a D-backs who win the NL and a D-backs who win the World Series if you want a major payout, if you just want to ride the D-backs the whole time through the postseason. But if you just want to put a little sprinkle down, you don't think they're going to win at all, but you're not scared of the National League field, plus 1,200 on the D-backs to potentially... Win the NL, I don't mind it. I just think it's weird that to win the NL, the D-backs are tied with the Giants. They're tied with the Padres. And then they're ahead of the Phillies, the Brewers, the Mets. Um, But when you look at, in terms of winning the World Series, they think the Giants have a better chance. The Padres have a better chance to win the World Series. But to win the National League, they think the D-backs have the same chance as the Giants and Padres. I don't really quite think that. If you think they all have the same chance to win the World Series, why would the Giants and Padres have a better chance of winning it once you make it to the World Series? That doesn't really make too much sense to me. But hey, FanDuel, we love you. Do what you do, okay? How about this? Division winner. Dodgers are minus 210 to win the division. And honestly, if I could take... Whatever the field is against the Dodgers, that would be a lot of fun because I don't think they're going to win this division. I know they're the Dodgers, but got the D-backs playing the way they are, the Giants playing the way they are. I think someone else could win this division potentially, but Dodgers at minus 210, D-backs at plus 430, and are finally ahead of the Giants who are plus 480. So D-backs plus 430, that's still probably decent value to win this division considering they have a multi-game lead in this division right now. And potentially, if they have a good series against the uh, San Francisco Giants this weekend. They're only going to increase that lead in the NOS. So I think it's a good time to place money down on the D-backs to win the division because of the, if the D-backs do take two out of three or sweep the San Francisco Giants in the next series, those odds will probably drop just a little bit. So don't be afraid to go in on that bet right now. And then one of the final bets I want to discuss, which I think is kind of fun, or actually there's two more, excuse me. How about this one? Regular season stolen base leader. Estuary Ruiz of the Oakland A's is minus 165 because he's got like damn near 40 already. Ronald Acuna Jr. plus 125. He's got 30 already. And then number three, surprisingly, was Wander Franco plus 2,000 looking up his stats today. 24 steals, but also leads the American League and caught stealing. Not exactly efficient. But then number four, at plus 6,500, Corbin Carroll. I know he's like nine stolen bases behind Ronald Acuna, but would you be surprised if he has, you know, a three-week stretch where he has multi-games where he steals, or if he had 
a three-week stretch where he had multiple stolen bases in multiple games. Would that surprise anyone if there was like three games in three weeks where he had two to three steals in each of those games? I don't think that would be surprising at all. Corbin Carroll is someone that could get stolen bases in bunches. We've seen him get stolen bases, you know, in one sequence and one sequence where he hits a single and then he steals second, he steals third. So Corbin Carroll to potentially be the stolen base leader. It might not be likely just because of how often Guys like Ruiz and Acuna Jr. go, but at plus 6,500, I don't hate that bet at all. And then, how about this one? The last D-backs bet that you could place that's kind of interesting. Do you think Corbin Carroll could hit the 40-40 club? 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases. If you think it's possible, plus 900. It's actually minus 2,500 for him to not do it. So FanDuel, I guess, feels pretty good that Corbin Carroll is going to have a 40-40 season. And if you feel good that Corbin Carroll can have a 40-40 season, plus 900 on FanDuel is not too bad at all. So those are the best bets to place on FanDuel if you're a D-backs fan. And don't forget to maybe put a few sprinkles down on Gallon to win Cy Young and Corbin Carroll to win MVP. You could probably get a fat parlay if you do that. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, as always, of course. Um, thank you. Come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.